0: Five,
1: five, five. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Everything is fine. Hey, everybody. Everything's fine. Every- <laughs> hey, everything's fine. Relax. Everything's fine. Welcome is back to another episode fine. of Everything's Fine. I am your host, Kyle Pagan, joined as always by Mark Henry on a brisk Monday. September 27th and what an awesome weekend of football we had Justin Tucker's 66 yarder continues a line of Lions fans eternal misery the Chiefs are last in the AFC Andy Reid might have pulled a coach K we're still wondering Big Ben cooked Aaron Rodgers makes a game-winning drive with 37 seconds and zero timeouts look Absolutely easy. The Giants lose to the Falcons on Eli Manning, Jersey Retirement Day. Washington's blown out. Dolphins lose. Colts are now 0-3. Carson Wentz has played 98% of snaps. How can you not be romantic about football? We'll have uh, Ed Kratz come on for 15 minutes later in this show. But if you missed all of that glorious, glorious football because you took your girlfriend apple picking, you have... An absolute galaxy brain. Mark is booing you right now, but I i say he is wrong because Eagles fans, we were given a perfect gift from the schedule-making gods. Now, if your girlfriend is an apple-picking girlfriend, I don't have an apple-picking girlfriend, so I lucked out. But this early in the season, to get apple-picking out of the way in September is a gift from the gods on the schedule maker. Perfect day yesterday for some apples, some apple cider donuts. And then you're thinking, hey, I just bought myself two months of football until I got to go get the tree. But here you go, Eagles fans. December 12th, that's the bye week for the Eagles. Another gift from the schedule making gods. You just wrapped up husband, boyfriend of the year with two weeks left to play in the season. Mark, how was your weekend?
0: Girlfriend duties are for Friday nights. Uh, I, that's that's all I gotta say during <laughs> football season. No, I'm joking. My girlfriend will not love to hear that. But
1: um, is your girlfriend an apple picking girlfriend?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I, I actually have a I don't know if I'm gonna incriminate myself. I have a funny story about an apple picking and I'll incriminate myself. Last year we went apple picking. I had never been apple picking. You pay to get onto the wagon. Yes. Right? Correct. Sham. You pay to get on you pay to get onto the wagon. And then you pick the apples, you pick the sunflowers, whatever, the, whatever the business is. I thought you just—that's what happened. You you go, you pay on, you go, and then you go to your car. No, you pay to get on the cart, and then you pay per apple. You pay. Yeah. So I, uh, where did I, you go apple picking? I, I didn't know that. Um, and uh, me and Caroline went, and we, we just walked off with some free apples.
1: Where did you go? Do you remember? Uh well, Shady
0: Brook. Shady brook, oh, Shady brook farm.
1: Okay. All right, cool. Yeah. Linville. does a little differently. You kind of just walk around the orchard. I don't
0: know. So, you, uh, so you don't have to pay to go on a cart. <laughs>
1: you don't have to pay to go on a wagon.
0: So I feel like this is, I feel like I would have liked that place. I'll pay per yeah. apple happily,
1: but th- that's how they get you the aesthetic. That's the fall aesthetic. How was your weekend though?
0: Uh, it was, it, by the way, I'm, I'm coming at people for doing girlfriend stuff during football. I missed like the one o'clock slate due to a, due to a family event. Uh, so yeah, my feeling right now is I don't want to ever give up uh, a one o'clock slate again. Like, I, I don't know how many more of these I have left, you know? Yeah.
1: Who knows? You who knows? absolutely loved the board yesterday. Oh, I loved the board. You had like I 10 picks.
0: It, it went well. It went well. I, I had a pretty good day. Uh, better in the MLB, but well, we'll get to that at some point. Uh, it's insane, but, um, I mean, I just feel like Sundays now. I I can't miss another one. I missed one now. I I, I feel like if I miss another one, that's I, it's like a PTO clock. Like I got zero hours on the PTO left on missing uh, one o'clock football. Uh, no, I'm 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 joking. But sa- well, I think Saturdays
1: are apple picking days more so. Did you did you gain some some bonus points though? Was it a big life event you were at? Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, bonus points gained. What's it like having that much money? <laughs> Can I ask where you were?
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I, we we talked a little offline. I, I was I was in a church.
1: Uh, okay. I was at so not a, a I was great place a, to to watch your bets.
0: I was at a christening. Okay. Uh, so I, I, you know you're at you're at a church and you're you're in the back of your head. You know you just have a lot. Of, uh, you know just a lot of units in, <sighs> in my speak riding on the line. The feeling in my stomach. Just like what's going on with the Falcons, like what's going on with the Washington football team and the Buffalo Bills, and, and it is it is like unlike anything else I've ever like I've missed slates before, but you know you can you can look at your phone. You're not I'm not yanking out my phone constantly during a christening, so it was it was tough, and I I can't miss another one o'clock slate again.
1: What do you think like the worst places to have money on games? Like I remember one is. Definitely the birth of your child. My mom wanted to be induced on uh, Super Bowl twenty seven, and my dad said no. <laughs> he told the doctor no. He said I, I'm not missing the Super Bowl, so I was born. Uh, it was January thirty first. I was born February second. So that's hilarious. Yeah, um, a airplane's concert. Got it. Airplane. airplane. Yes, but it's it's recently gotten better. But you're exactly right. Airplanes. Can you believe we didn't have Wi Fi on airplanes like five years ago? I haven't been on an airplane since I feel like
0: Wi-Fi has been normalized on airplanes. I haven't been on an airplane in like five, six years. Damn. I know. It's weird. I don't know. It's, it hasn't been like a, a planned thing that I haven't been on one. It just hasn't
1: happened. Until you go skydiving.
0: Well, uh, three game lead.
1: I know. Fuck the Seahawks. <laughs> um, a concert. of would Huh? I wouldn't, have helped, music- huh? Well, I wouldn't I, have helped you. I had him too. Any win would have helped. Okay. Anything would have helped. Uh, I'm like the Philadelphia Phillies right now. I just yes. need anything I need I need a shot in the arm. Uh, a concert or music festival zero service. are what? you
0: saying that the Phillies players need more shots in the arm? Do we not have a
1: conversation we hit the we hit the threshold. It doesn't matter that it's not the pro team it could also be like AAA, AA down there and stuff but hey listen the threshold is a threshold. the Phillies hit it. We're on to the playoffs. Hans Kraus. but a concert a music festival. Have you ever been yeah. to one of those zero service? You can't get anything. You're trying to like text your buddies to see where they're at. You lose them and whatnot. You just need a you need a You need a vantage point. You just need, hey, listen, if we all get separated, you meet by like pole on on due east, a funeral, your own funeral. That'd be a terrible place to have money on a game. Not good. If you if you place a
0: bet on Monday, you die on Thursday and Saturday, Sunday is going around. Jesus, that's who wrong, collects but- that money, by the way. <laughs> I think Dave Portnoy's bookie died the one time, so he never got his money or never had to pay him his money or something. I remember, and people, oh, he, I think he owed him, and, and his bookie died, so people were making jokes, I remember. But uh, I, have a, I have a good nomination for worst place, actually, and it's, it's not one you'd think. A football game. Like, if you're at a mm. Penn State game and you have bets on other Saturday games, or if you're at an Eagles game and you have bets on other Sunday games, they've figured out, like, how to have service at Citizens Bank Park they figured out how to have service in the Wells Fargo Center. I know it's a lot less people. You go into the link or you go into Beaver Stadium at Penn State, those are my really only my like two big reference points for football games. But it. good luck texting for the next yeah. three hours or good luck checking anything for the next three hours.
2: Hmm.
1: How about overseas during a war? I, I mean, no experience here. How, how far are we from betting on war?
0: Yeah, I think we're far. I think there's got to be some United Nations uh, like clauses against that.
1: What if you're like I have a future on on the U.S. five to one to defeat the Soviets? I, I know Russia's not Soviet Russia anymore, but they'll always be Soviet Russia to me. Like, could you imagine that? Like, I have under half a nuke will be deployed. It's like I'm hoping to hit the under for the good of the the world the good and of the world. much better the country. Minus
0: one ten. Um, <laughs> yeah, I I. Uh, I think there's got to be some laws against that. They're, you know, the gaming commission has to step in at some point.
1: We have a rivalry between North and South Korea tonight, that I'm really geared up for this weekend. The Iron Bowl between North Korea and South Korea right now. I've got North Korea going off at minus one twenty-five. No way. I'll take South. <laughs> oh, I'm a South Korea guy over North Korea. Obviously, you haven't seen them be building up their militia lately. That,
0: that's fair i will say and i've said this to you before i think it was all fair you need to watch the dark side of the ring on collision in korea about north korea it is insane it made me look at north korea even way differently than i already <laughs> looked at north korea <laughs> like,
1: more po- more favorably or okay no i didn't know if there's some propaganda out there that's actually making north korea look good but hey listen m- m- minus 125 on north korea that's not that's not bad juice
0: I feel like they have like, don't they have like a couple hundred people there, a couple thousand people there? I feel they like they're, no, I'm wrong. That was dumb. There's a lot of
1: people in North Korea. Yeah,
0: I just, I just immediately remembered that they had they like, they put like three hundred thousand in the stadium, so I'm, I'm dumb. <laughs>
1: All right, how was your weekend? What stuck out to you the most? NFL football, um, just a great, just a great weekend to be an NFC East, uh, Whew. NFC East Eagles fan, NFC East Cowboys fan. If you have a couple picks that you traded maybe for uh, a bumbling idiot from North Dakota for a conditional first, or uh, maybe you traded a first rounder and you still got the Heisman uh, winner in the draft and whatnot. It was a good week, good weekend for you. If you're, if you're a fan of that team. Absolutely.
0: I mean, especially just watching Carson Wentz and the Colts at the end of that game when I did get to see them, this man, this man's just helpless. This man's a loser. Did you see the intentional grounding in the pocket where he just was like, I'm, I know this is intentional grounding, but I'm spiking it down anyway. And then he like started pointing at his offensive lineman. This dude's such a
1: loser. What a, what a sad sack. I'll be honest with you. I was bartending all Sunday because the Eagles were off. So, but we had, it was slow. So I got to watch a lot of red zone. That wasn't really a featured red zone game. No, it it didn't seem like it. Chiefs, Chargers dominated. Um, I'm trying to think. Justin Tucker, and that one was obviously really memorable. Um, they they didn't put Falcons-Giants on at all as someone who needed to see Falcons-Giants. <laughs> that was probably for the best. I mean, that, they should level the stadium after that game. That game was absolutely horrible. I can't believe there was actually some people. I don't know if you said it or someone said it, but I know someone said, Hey, listen, I think the Giants are going to be pretty good this year. You definitely didn't say it. You're not a Daniel Jones guy.
0: No, I think John Jansen might have said, you know, don't think be he surprised did. if they win the division. Yeah, he didn't pick them, to, But I, I think he he kind of likes Daniel Jones. OK.
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, the Colts now being owned three. Like, when do you bench Carson? Carson played 98 percent of stats for the season already. Like if it gets to. I don't know if they start like three and seven or 10 games in. So here's an interesting spot here
0: coming up here for the Colts and the Dolphins. They play each other next week. Mm. So what we need is the Colts to win, to trick them into thinking, you know, we got it going. We got it going in the right direction. Keep yep. Carson in there. Keep him playing snaps. Maybe we win another one, win another one, get to 500, then lose a couple. And then it's like, all right, well, what are we going to do? We we can't take him out. So I, I think we got to root for the Colts next week.
1: I think you're exactly right. I mean, we have, I mean, cause that, that Colts pick, that Dolphins pick, excuse me, will be so much more valuable, I think, in the long run than the Colts pick, because like we've been saying they're gonna they're gonna bench Carson. But it's Colts Dolphins next week at at Miami, Colts Ravens at Baltimore, uh, Colts home against the Texans, Colts at the Niners, Colts home against the Titans, Colts home against the Jets. There is a good chance they go two and four, but most likely three and three in those games. So I mean that would be a three and six start, which I think we're actually. That would actually still be okay in my mind. I would still be comfortable.
0: Yeah, I agree. That's where I, that's what I was saying there. Like you win three, you lose three. About so, maybe even four and five. Like e- either way, like as long as it's not two and seven. I feel like or one and eight, and then they probably are definitely benching him at that point because they just have nothing to stand on in terms of playing him. Uh, but Miami, sheesh. I mean, uh, does, do people want to start apologizing for Tatua, Please. I mean, this guy. I know Miami came back. I know they made any. They game started fourteen nothing. I know, I know, but like there, when you watch that game, I I watched the four o'clock games way closer, and I actually like got home as it was or like whatever. I, I started watching closely as it was like fourteen nothing, and from that point on, Miami was like helpless. Besides their last drive, actually, they they went on a crazy last drive at the end of the game because I think the Raiders were exhausted.
1: But I, I don't know who called that screen pass in the end zone. To, uh, that the Oakland Raiders or Las Vegas Raiders got a safety on. But holy shit, fire that person immediately.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. That was terrible. I, I think it's – oh, my God. I, I'm going to forget the name now. They, were play, they, like, don't have an OC. They have, like, a couple people, like, I, I, I think, like, collectively calling plays and stuff. Was, like,
1: was Chan Gailey an OC? Yeah, he was their OC last year. Yeah. It'll always be Chan Gailey to me. Yeah, And whoever becomes offensive coordinator, I don't care. Chan Gailey just feels like a guy who retires down in down in uh, Miami and has a boat. Yeah, I'm a I'm a big time Chan Gailey
0: hater. After uh, I, I remember, I was very mad at him last year with with yanking Tua out and putting Fitzpatrick in, and then making Tua look over his shoulder. And I'm a Tua guy, so I, I have some biases here.
1: I was impressed by Jacoby Percent. I was impressed by the last drive. I was showing shown a bunch of big balls. You know, Jacoby, you never say die, Jacoby. I mean. What an insane career going from the third string uh, in in New England. Jimmy G gets hurt. He comes in, wins a game, set for life. He's Ouz a good go backup. Go a lot.
0: He's a good backup. Uh, I, I think that if Tua plays that game, they win that game, though, personally. Uh, they were they, they could have put that game away so many times when it was 14-0, 14-2, and they didn't score for a really long time in that game. So uh, it just felt like they, the offense got really dead in like the second and third quarter. But I mean, yeah, he definitely started hot and he ended hot, but it wasn't enough to, to keep the Raiders from going three and zero.
1: Chiefs last in the AFC West. Andy Reid, hot seat. <laughs>
0: well, maybe, maybe literally. If I'm, I don't know, I'm, that's a bad joke. But uh, seat um, on life. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's good to hear he's okay because I mean. It's hard enough to. It's hard for your brain not to go to sp- very specific medical conditions with how Andy Reid looks when you hear he's taken away from the game in an ambulance. Um, so uh, it seems like it was just precautionary. It seems like he's fine. So that's good. But uh, one and two on two games that they should have won, by the way. Like the Chiefs should be three and 0 right now and they're one and two. So I mean, maybe this kicks the Chiefs into high gear. What if the Chiefs miss the playoffs? That would be like insane. I don't think it's going to happen, but. Uh, I I mean, you look at how good that division is. The Chargers should be good the rest of the year. I think the Broncos fall off a little bit. Um, We'll see on the Raiders. I mean, I have no idea what the Raiders are. It just seems like every game that the Raiders play is insane and in overtime. So I, I don't know how long they can keep that going for. But the AFC West is intriguing. So is the NFC West. But the AFC West is really intriguing right now.
1: Justin Herbert is awesome. That's really all I have. Justin Herbert's awesome. And Mahomes threw a very beautiful interception. (laughs) <laughs> no look interception. Um, I I don't know what happened on that last play with uh, Travis Kelsey, but they were totally knocked out in together on that interception. Um, yeah, man. I don't really have much on this game, but I I, I love when the Chiefs are are bad. I think just because uh, the the national media has shoved Pat Mahomes down my throat, that now oh. I'm going to just revert and hate him.
0: Oh, I can tell too with, with how you talk about him too. It, it, that's so ridiculous in my opinion. But I, yeah,
1: I. Don't he's- shove some guy down my throat when Matt Stafford makes just as many no look passes. It's not about the no look passes. Matt Mahomes is
0: doing no look passes while putting up the best numbers in the history of the sport and and having the most success in the early part of his career in the history of the sport. But I would love yeah. to
1: see what he's like when 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 Andy Reid retires, and it might be closer to to what we think. Might be closer than what we think.
0: Big time eye roll. That's all. I don't want to get into too deep of an Andy Reid argument. But, uh, you know, I didn't hear a lot of Andy Reid offensive genius discussions for his last five years in Philadelphia and his first five years in Kansas City. But, you know, <clears throat> once you get Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, and Travis Kelsey, three Hall of Famers in the future going, the the whole, you know, Andy Reid's the best coach in the world campaign has really took off again.
1: Develop Brett Favre, develop Donna McNabb. In the 90s. De- de- no, early 2000s. Developed. When did get tra- was it? I thought it was. 99. Different. Ninety-nine, so the nineties. No, still okay. 90s. we is drafted me? in the nineties? Is is two thousand nineteen the the two thousands? The aughts? The aughts? Yeah. No. Uh, developed Alex Smith for that one year. Alex Smith had great. Developed Patrick Mahomes. I'm just saying there were some tendencies. A little too much of a gunslinger coming out of Texas Tech. Let's just say there was a big gap right there between Donovan McNabb and Alex
0: Smith. That's let's say that big gap. Uh, there's a reason he's not in Philadelphia. Developed anymore.
1: Michael Vick, yeah. uh, coming off of 18 months of sitting in a prison cell.
0: Developed the guy who had like otherworldly generational talents.
1: After drafted <laughs> Kevin Cobb, who yeah. jury's still out on Kevin Cobb, he wouldn't have got his brain scrambled.
0: Drafted Foles, didn't use him correctly. Drafted Foles, there you go. I mean, Chip this guy, Chip this Kelly guy. had to come in and and actually and actually do the right thing with him, but you know.
1: Andy Reid is a QB whisperer, and I think you're hating a lot on Andy Reid when his resume speaks for himself.
0: Do you want me to give you the list of coaches? I'd rather have my team coach than Andy Reid. Yes. Bill Belichick, no question about it. John Harbaugh, no question about it. Uh, Develop John
1: Harbaugh. Huh? Develop John Harbaugh.
0: (laughs) Bruce Arians, no question about it. Sean Payton, no question about it. No,
1: no, 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 no. Go back to Bruce Arians for a second. Before last year, Bruce Arians would not have been on that list.
0: Um, I mean – they have the same amount of super bowls and Arians has been coaching for far less time and he i i think what arians did in arizona is actually more impressive than what he's done in tampa bay okay i, I i've always liked arians but uh sean payton i think is like the second best coach in football also um,
1: was a was a former staff member that's of uh, andy Reid's.
0: sean mcveigh uh, i'll take a million times out of a million kyle Shanahan, i'll take a million times out of a million and then the, the, the other ones that I would personally take, but I'm you know, this is just me probably being a hater. I love Stefansky in Cleveland. I think that guy's like a genius. I think what he's done with Cleveland's amazing. Obviously, he needs more time, but if I'm making a decision like right now, who I'd rather coach my team, it'd be Stefansky. Uh same with Mike Vrabel. I think Vrabel's awesome. I, I, I love Vrabel. And then Pete Carroll's like the last one I would be like iffy on.
1: I don't know. Pete Carroll, Andy, Pete Carroll, Callie Mike Andy. Vrabel, Stefansky. Shanahan has to show me more. Oh, dude, Shanahan's incredible. I I think like the. the We're gonna do, and... Pat, put Matt Lafleur up there too because he won last night.
0: No, I, I think Shanahan. That like what did San Fran go last year? Like six and ten. I thought that was like the most impressive six and ten season of all time. <laughs> that team died. Like he yeah he was playing like you know construction workers out there and they were giving teams hard times with Nick Mullins at quarterback. Like I just think like those years that he's had his quarterback get hurt and they've like been average still. That's like almost more impressive to me than winning a Super Bowl. Obviously he's he's obviously been to the Super Bowl and had his moments, but. Uh, I, I love Shanahan. I think he's a genius.
1: Vic Fangio is going to go five and zero, oh, and you're like, you know what? I think I'd put Vic Fangio no, over. Not. I won't be putting over Andy Reid. You're going to put John Gruden me. over Andy Reid? I know you are.
0: I like Gruden, but I know no. Gruden's probably kind of an idiot. You are
1: not. just hating. No, on I Andy don't think Reed. any of the
0: names I listed were hating. I don't think any of the names I listed were hating.
1: You think Pete Carroll over Andy Reid? You it's you you, you feel P. more more. You.
0: No, he's been the same amount. I'm been wrong. the same amount. Yeah, you feel no, 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 more com- now. No, no less.
1: Less now. You feel more confident in Pete Carroll going into a game than Andy Reid. I think they are just Andy, so well prepared. I
0: think if Pete Carroll was the coach of the Kansas City Chiefs, nothing would be different at all. Like not even a, a smidge different.
1: I don't know, man. Uh, yeah, I
0: I think Patrick Mahomes is bringing Andy Reid up to having a legacy now. Way more than you know. Andy Reid is carrying Patrick Mahomes. Like, I, I, I think the greats figure it out no matter what. I, I think Patrick Mahomes is the greatest that's ever played the game of football. He's been in the league for like four years, Mark. But that, but that doesn't mean that I can't say he's the greatest I've ever seen play the game. It doesn't. You, I don't need to see ten years to say the level he's playing at. Not like right this second. I, I mean, still, I'll tell you, I'll take right this second still, but. Uh, I, I think the level he's played at for the last three years is higher than any level anyone's played at for any three years. By is pa- is
1: Patrick Mahomes your goat?
0: I mean, Tom Brady's a goat, but I, I think we were talking about the boat yesterday. Shout out Blake Bortles. But uh, the the boat is probably, I used to say it was Aaron Rodgers all the time. And if you're going to say Patrick Mahomes can't be boat, that's fine. But he's definitely, what? what's the, the beef? <laughs> best I've ever, no, <laughs> the best I've ever seen. Uh, the the b the bees the, like the, b- the <laughs> buys yeah the bees yeah B's. whatever whatever that is I I think he's the best I've ever seen I but I used to say or maybe the most talented whatever whatever you want to however you want to categorize that whatever I used to say Aaron Rodgers was because Tom Brady's the good he's got the best resume yeah you know, all that stuff but he's definitely not like the best I've ever seen play the position or like the scariest I've ever seen on third down. Like that's really how I like kind of think of these quarterbacks, like how scary are they on third down and Rogers? I feel like I've seen him. I I feel like his third down co- conversion percentage against the Eagles is like 150 for 160. Uh, I feel like we stopped him on approximately 0% of third down. Same with Russell Wilson, but I, I think rogers and Mahomes on third down or just you know take your life into your hands because you have no chance like it's- there was a
1: monday night football game a couple years ago that i went to that was uh, eagles packers and it was just Rodgers, three-step drop crossing route, three-step drop crossing route, three-step drop crossing route down to a touchdown. And it was like this is the most boring game in the world because Aaron Rodgers is dominating. But I don't know, man. I gotta see. I gotta see more of Patrick Mahomes. I I totally understand. Don't get me wrong. I'm not just trolling you because I'm because I'm not the biggest Patrick Mahomes fans because people just shove him down my throats and his, I hate his little brother and I hate his his uh, I hate
0: his. I also hate his little brother. I'll I'll say that that's an annoying. Uh, Subplot of the Patrick Mahomes. Yeah,
1: and then his girlfriend's no no better, but she's kind of stayed out of the yeah. public eye, so I'm kind of yeah. happy about that. Um, I, I just, man, watching Aaron Rodgers last night go down 37 seconds, no timeouts, I just, uh, he is an amazing, an amazing quarterback. Like, I, you knew, like, you knew going into that drive he was going to get them in field goal range to win. You're just too much. It's insane. Too much time left on the clock. How many guys could you be like thirty seven seconds on the clock, no timeouts? How many guys can maybe get you into field goal range to score? Uh, Russell, uh, prime uh, Brady, uh, obviously Rogers. I would maybe say Lamar. I don't know why. He will um, Lamar Mahomes. But Ma- I mean Mahomes. Like oh, I he's like, done it. Like he's done he's it, he's did it, he's on. Did it like, fifteen times. Like, Listen, he's I like, let you jerk doing? off Mahomes for five minutes. Okay, no, he's just, the he's the best in the game. It's not like skip, what I don't skip, know what the skip, conversation. is. My is time. My time. <laughs> um, no, but I feel like when he got his knee injury, Pat, Pat Mahomes, we were close. We were close to being like, hey, is Pat going to live up to that five hundred million dollar contract? Maybe because it was an injury a little bit. They got a fifth seed that year. They did not look that good to start the season. I must have missed this
0: skepticism. Wait, what was it the was it the five thousand yard, like forty-eight touchdown year? Or was it the like the forty seven hundred yards? I feel like they didn't like, start off that forty one
1: touchdown year. From what I remember. And then he got his he then he got his uh must, his, his knee two games. dislocated. Yeah, that was wild. That he only missed two games. And that was the ugliest, gruesome injury. One of the ugliest gruesome injuries I've ever seen. But no, I swear, like, he wasn't having that good of a season, wasn't he, When at that point? And people were kind of like, hey, you know, $500 million is a lot of money. I don't think he signed that until after that. I think you're right. I'm an idiot. I don't, yeah, that's what i'm saying like Dude, i don't remember years as i said I You're Clowney. creating
0: narratives in your head about patrick mahomes I, and you've convinced yourself he's not that good i
1: don't think he's good i think oh I, my I god i see the future that's what it is no but i said jadevion clown was on the titans and he's on like the browns and some guy called uh, me out on twitter and i was
0: like i went back years. and listened and i was like wait a second i didn't i didn't say anything there and i know he's not on the titans
1: my brain is so mangled in terms of like what happened like it's so hard it's it's so hard to keep up with other things when so much shit goes on in Philadelphia like I feel like this is a full-time job just following this fucking city but anyway Patrick Mahomes at one point I didn't think he was worth 500 million dollars when his knee went yeah, I don't that's know. what I wanted. That's what was my main thing. I don't know. Listen, do I have a good reason why I don't like Patrick Mahomes? No, mine's all because people just shove him down my fucking throat. And but, I but still I'm not think, allowed
0: to hate Aaron Rodgers. No,
1: you're you? not allowed to hate Aaron Rodgers because that guy's got 15 years of a legacy. And if he was on, if he was on the Patriots during Tom Brady's years from 2005 to now, let's say Tom stayed on the Patriots, he would have like four Super Bowls. Like I he mean, he you had. Them? Who? Aaron? Aaron Rodgers, you know how much he has. Don't be an asshole. He had Mike fucking McCarthy. Mike McCarthy,
0: a lot of chances.
1: Mike McCarthy a lot and of Matt chances. LaFleur taking a field goal last year.
0: I think he has. I think he what, what has he been in the league for 17 years, 16 years? 2005, he got three? drafted.
1: So 16. 16. Mahoney's they haven't the even drafted for, for him either.
0: Well, I don't know. I, I cry for me. Aaron Jones and Devonte Adams, you know uh, those those players really stink. Okay. He doesn't have
1: any help over there. Okay, who else did he have? He's had uh, some pretty
0: good players over the years. Jordy, Nelson. Jordy
1: Jordy Nelson for Randall Cobb. Okay, good. He had those guys. We also had like Amon Green. Was he an Amon Green guy? <laughs> I'm on green. I think that would have been beforehand, right? I know. I think, I think. <laughs> I'm on green was there for a little bit. I think I'm on green was there for a little bit. I feel like um, he went to Houston at some point. I'm on green. I think though. Going through Devonte injuries, Randall Cobb was a little banged up at the end of there. He does. He, he makes mountains out of molehills with Valdis Scantling. Um, I'm trying to think of other guys that he's had to throw to who's, who's some other guys. Like he may like, like if he could, you could take him and you could put like three random wide receivers. Like he could, he could take our wide receivers from like last year of like Greg Ward, Jay jaw, uh, a, a hobbling, uh, Alshon Jeffrey. And he could probably drag that team to like 10 and six.
0: Yeah. I mean, I feel that way about Peyton too. Uh, I, I think I used to really be skeptical on guys like Reggie Wayne and if they were actual like top three receivers in the world and guys like Brandon Stokely. and uh, I really think Peyton was just like creating dudes. And I think Rogers is the same thing a lot. I think Mahomes hasn't had to because I, that's actually not true. Mahomes has Hill and Kelsey and then nothing else. but uh, obviously they're great players, but he's had some some moments with other players too. I, I think all the greats, uh, like Mahomes, Peyton, Brady, Rodgers, uh, I mean, who else is in that like top top tier of the uh, breeze? Brees? Yeah, breeze, yeah, for sure breeze. Um so, I think breeze is gonna be forgotten about. Yep, he is, which is a shame. Th- Just as many as Rogers, by the way. Now that Drew Breeze. I don't know how I feel about Drew Brees. You don't know how you feel? I, I think I'm fine with him. I so he called the Notre Dame uh what was it? The Notre Dame Toledo game, and I thought he was rooting for Toledo, sent out some no, angry. Purdue. No, no, no. so here's the backstory. It was Notre Dame-Toledo he called, and I thought he was rooting for Toledo, and I was like, oh, what's going on here? They play Purdue next week. This could be really bad. I think someone told them, because someone got in his ear, they're like, yo, NBC has a contract with Notre Dame, so you need to start being nice about Notre Dame, and he was not rooting for Purdue in that game. He was... He was on his best behavior. So he's on my good side now. Drew Brees, as long as you're talking nice about Notre Dame players, uh, I'll I'll carry your water on this podcast. You're a top five quarterback of my life. Fart. By the way, hold on. While I'm on it, real quick. I told you all Notre Dame plus six and a half, plus seven, money line, 41 13. 41 13. Imagine, imagine only beating Wisconsin by six points if you're Penn State. Six points? Couldn't couldn't be me. 41
1: 13. Um that was the most boring game of football I've ever watched in my life.
0: It was Notre Dame was definitely losing 13 to 10 in the fourth quarter.
1: <laughs> that uh, that that game set offensive QB playback 60 years. The Grand fourth Murph quarter sucks. Jack Cohn sucks more. I agree. I, I don't care. Like that that kid who was wearing 10, Brady Quinn's number. Don't 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 put Jack Cohn back in, please. For yeah, I liked God.
0: I liked Pine. I liked Pine. He looked pretty good. Uh, he's a little tiny, but uh, I want to see Buckner in there. Uh, the guy that was hurt. He's he's our backup. He's in an, he's uh, you know just absolutely electric. I was going to say mm-hmm. something I shouldn't, but he's absolutely electric. Um, very fast. It makes a lot of plays. Dual threat quarterback. He had a tight hammy this week, so he like missed his Rudy moment. He missed his chance or like to come in and you know be. I guess that's not a Rudy moment, but availability. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, Drew Pine comes in and has his moment. Uh, but, I mean, the fact that they were losing 13-10 to 10 with, like, 10 minutes left in the game and then won 41-13 to 13 is one of the more absurd things I've ever seen as an Notre Dame fan. Like, kick, return, touchdown, Drew Pine leads you down the field, and then two pick sixes in a row, and it becomes a blowout. So it's fun to say that the game was 41-13 to 13 to my Penn State friends because – they probably didn't watch and they probably don't know that Notre Dame could have lost that game pretty easily.
1: Penn state climbing to four. What are we doing in the top 25? I know this is a, this is a a Penn state haters podcast, but like beating Villanova and you move up like four spots. Yeah. It's crazy.
0: I, I think it has more to do. Honestly, this, this year after that top two, it's rough. This is like the number one year I've ever seen for like expanded playoff. Like, I don't know. I, actually, you know what, Oregon has that win. You have to put Oregon. So that t- after that top three, it's rough. Like Penn State, I don't think is as good as like a top five team. But
1: Oklahoma I, wins and they drop Oklahoma three spots. Like I don't where does that make
0: sense? It, it was a rough it, they looked rough in that game. Like they should they could have lost West
1: Virginia at, at Okay, shoulda, woulda, coulda. They're still undefeated. I just don't understand Penn State moving up three spots off of off of Villanova. I mean, uh who else moved up? Uh, Arkansas moved up. They beat, obviously, Texas A&M. Where'd they They move up up to? Eight. So where's Notre Dame at? Notre Dame nine? Notre Dame's nine right now. Yeah. Which,
0: by the way, just saying, like, I, I don't even think Notre Dame's, like, a top nine team in the country. But if you just look at the way, like, rankings are done. Produced three and one and have beaten two Big Ten teams. And Wisconsin, we beat the same team that Penn State is getting credit for beating at number four but they beat them when they had a prettier name ne- or a prettier number next to their name at Wisconsin to start the year. So the win means less when it's for Notre Dame. I, mm-hmm. I like we beat, we beat the crap out of them. I, I obviously it was a fourth quarter game, but Penn state like won that game by six, by six points. And uh, that, there's no way that those wins aren't comparable. I get that they beat Auburn. I, I don't think Auburn and Purdue are really all that different when you look at how good Purdue looks uh, otherwise. But I mean, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not complaining too much. So I don't think Notre Dame is all that good, but I think the rankings this year are so messed up. But it'll all get figured out when, when teams lose and stuff. Like Iowa, they dropped because they almost lost to Colorado State. But that might have just been a situation where they didn't get up for a game. Like, who knows? Like, I've been really impressed with Iowa. Am I going to jump off the Iowa bandwagon because they had a bad game against Colorado State? I don't know. It's kind of tough to decide.
1: I, I don't understand. That's my opinion. I don't understand how you fall two spots if you're Oklahoma – or three spots of your Oklahoma because you almost lost to a team. Like, when does that ever happen? Especially a blue blood program like Oklahoma. I
0: haven't. I haven't looked too deeply at the top twenty-five. Just besides, like where Penn State and Notre Dame was. Where's Where's Florida at? Uh, I, I think eleven. That's so disrespectful. It's unbelievable. They could have beaten Alabama. Like they were two points down to Alabama. Like. They're almost lost to Alabama is like a top five win in the country to me. <laughs> like, like to me, like that's more impressive than almost any win I've seen from any team. Like Florida should be in the top eight or top nine, in my opinion. When I do my I'm going to do my rankings today. Uh, I'll uh, I'll send them out. Florida will be in the top eight.
1: Yeah. Penn State came from six. Iowa was five. Now they're still five. Oklahoma was four. Now they're six. Cincinnati moved up one. Arkansas moved up. Eight spots. That was the big one. Notre Dame moved from 12 to nine. Florida went from 11 to 10. So Florida's 10 right now. Ohio State went from 10 to 11. Yeah, I, that was another one. Ohio State beat the bricks off of Akron with their backup quarterback. Shout out Kyle McCord, St. Joe's Prep, Philadelphia. Um, beat the bricks off of Akron. Also, Temple beat the bricks off of Akron, um, and they moved back a spot. I, I don't. I don't understand this. I, I don't understand these. These these rankings, and you're exactly right on Florida and whatnot.
0: I think that's because of Arkansas, right? Because Arkansas probably jumped them, but A&M probably went below them. So I, I don't know. That is that is confusing. You're right. So uh, a lot of these things are going to get figured out this week, though, because Arkansas plays Georgia. Georgia's probably going to win because it's in Georgia. They're probably going to smoke Arkansas. That's where college game day is going. Where college game day should be going is to South Bend, Indiana, to, to face Cincinnati. By the way, I'm not betting on it. I, I couldn't bet on it. Cincinnati might break the doors off of Notre Dame. Like I, I think that Wisconsin was a perfect matchup. Like the way you do attack Notre Dame is through the air, in my opinion, especially like going deep and Cincinnati's got the receivers to do it. And Desmond Ritter has got to be like a top 10 quarterback in the country. Wisconsin just doesn't have that. They're like three yards in a cloud of dust, run, 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 run. And that's not the way to beat or to beat Notre Dame. So, I I really and I I think this is like a pick 'em or Notre Dame might even be favored by a little. Hmm. Cincinnati is going to win that game
1: and, and I'm pretty sure of it. I think you're I, I trying think to reverse it, Jinx and, uh Notre Dame right now.
0: I actually think when I do my rankings, I, I mean you can look, I think I had Cincinnati five last week. Cincinnati's really good. I, like I think Cincinnati is going to go to the college football playoff. I think they're going to go undefeated and go to the playoffs. So um, uh, we'll see what happens. But I, I I think it's disrespectful to Cincinnati that college game day isn't going to Notre Dame. And I know that sounds funny, but this is Cincinnati's biggest game of the last decade. And they're not getting a bigger game than this for the rest of the year. If you look at their schedule, if you look at their schedule, if they beat Notre Dame, they're going undefeated. And let's say lose to, you know, like Tulane or something. Temple. Like, Tem- is, do they play Temple still?
1: I don't know, but they would lose. Temple okay, looks good, man. Hey, man. Just beat Wagner. Uh, Just beat uh, fight, fight, Wagner. fight
0: for the, for the cherry and white, I've heard. But. Yeah,
1: Temple, Friday, October 8th, 7 p.m. game. That's a tough one. Got to get up for a Friday game. Short week. In the link? Uh, now at Cincinnati. Oh, uh, 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 that's like all right. Single Sky digit tough. Everywhere. <laughs> um, very good college slate next week, which was well, I, absolutely abysmal. Uh, Arkansas, Georgia, Michigan, Wisconsin. It's going to be a great mm-hmm. game. Uh, Cincinnati, Notre Dame, also Miss Ole Miss, Alabama, twelve versus yeah. one. Baylor, Oklahoma State, twenty-one versus nineteen. Clemson versus Boston College. Boston College might come in; it's at Clemson, but who cares? Auburn, LSU, uh, Western Kentucky, Michigan State. Holy shit! My God, rivalries galore. Um, wow, yeah, I mean, that's the it, slate this week sucked. After the Arkansas, talking- after the Arkansas-Texas game, I was I was checked out.
0: Yeah, the the noon slate was loaded. I, like, I don't know if you saw any of the Mississippi State game with LSU. That that was a crazy game. I, I had Mississippi State. They ended up covering. It was like a, or they, actually they pushed, but it was an insane game. They went down big early and had a huge comeback. They almost they they probably should have got the onside kick. LSU like threw a Mississippi State guy into the ball and they got a penalty. And Mike Leach lost his mind. Uh, but the noon slate was really good. And then the rest of the day sucked. Like it was just like an irrelevant. That was an apple picking day. You take your you take your girlfriend at four o'clock to the movies or something or whatever. Uh, but I, I think uh, Alabama probably smokes. I mean, Alabama probably smokes Ole Miss. But if it was in Ole Miss, maybe I'd have a, a bit of a different tune. But I mean, if we're going to talk about games of the week, there's only one way to look. It's it, it's clearly Purdue Minnesota. I mean, Purdue minus two and a half. Take it now, folks. Minnesota. PJ Fleck is a fraud. The whole row the boat, Scotty Ma go Gophers thing isn't as funny when you lose the bowling green. So and when they're playing at Purdue this week, they're favored by two and a half. I don't think they're gonna have any babies dressed up in little suits like PJ Fleck anymore. Uh, so I, I hammer Purdue. Game of the week, noon.
1: You're off the row of the boat.
0: I've never I've never been on the boat.
1: It's a good marketing scheme. If you're not if you're an idiot, if you don't get a marketing scheme going when you first get to uh, get to uh, a new college.
0: Yeah, he's a con man. A flimflam man. A charlatan. I don't know. That's like a journalism thing, I feel like.
1: All right, we are joined here by Eagles reporter for SI Eagles Maven, Ed Kratz. Kratz. Ed, thanks for coming on. How's hey, everything my- going? How's Dallas?
2: Hot. It's about 90 degrees. Uh, came in yesterday, it was about 90 degrees, and it looks like it's about 90 degrees right now, too, out my window. I haven't been outside yet, but I, I'm, I hear it's hot.
1: You're missing a beautifully brisk September day here in Philadelphia. Beautiful weather.
2: Yeah, I know. My wife's keeping me posted on all that stuff up there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right. So we're going for first place today. It's on the line. It's Dallas week. Most it, it it doesn't feel like Dallas week, though. The juices don't feel to be pumping as much as usual. How do you feel? Is 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 the rivalry dead? Is it kind of just another game? Is your head popping off the pillow as quickly as it has in prior years for this game?
2: Yeah, you know, it is kind of a muted feeling about the rivalry. Maybe it's because it's a Monday night. You know, these teams, it seems every year they play in prime time at least once during the season. Usually it's a Sunday night game, but they haven't played on a Monday night uh, since 2008 when the Eagles came down here and uh, lost 41 to 37 in a shootout. Um, So maybe that's part of it. Uh, you know, maybe the other part is, you know, the Phillies are still, you know, are they two and a half games out now, Monday morning? Maybe that's part of it. Um, you know, Ben Simmons with the Sixers, you know, he's he's consuming a lot of, of talk and concern among the fan base. So, you know, there, there could be reasons for that. But listen, it's still a, a, a rivalry game. There's no getting around that. Uh, It's a huge game in the NFC East. The winner will be in first place on Tuesday morning, Um, you know, and kind of stake a claim that they're the best team in the NFC East, whoever wins this game. So, you know, from that regard, it's it's a big game.
1: So obviously Andre Dillard's filling in for Jordan Mailata. I haven't seen him. Mark hasn't seen him. You've seen him in training camp. The Eagles have seen him. What are we feeling there? Is he going to be able to hold up tonight against kind of a defensive line that's not really uh, at – uh, a ten out of ten on the uh, on the Cowboys right now.
2: Yeah, what's a concern? Huge concern in my opinion. I mean, I know it's a you know it's a Dallas defensive line that you know isn't the best. I mean, Grandy Gregory is is pretty good, and Micah Parsons has shown some flashes as a rookie playing defensive end. Um, but yeah, I mean, Dillard in camp, he was hurt for I think two weeks with a knee. Uh, to me, before he got hurt, he didn't look very good. Uh, To be honest, but when he came back, he looked he looked better. I mean, he, you know, against the Jets and those joint practices they had at Florham Park, he looked uh, pretty darn good, and he he played a really nice game against the Jets in the uh, preseason finale. So, you know, I guess those are some glimpses that give you a little bit of hope, but. To me, it's going to be – I don't care who he's going against. It's going to be a handful for Andre Dillard. And now's his chance to show that, you know, yeah, I was a number one pick for a reason and I'm not a bust. And if you're the Eagles, you hope that, yeah, he shows something and that might increase his trade value and maybe get rid of him in a couple of weeks once Milata comes back. Yeah, I think
0: looking looking at the matchup with the Cowboys, at least like preseason or before the Brooks and Milata injuries – you felt like we had such a, a huge advantage in the trenches, and now you lose Brandon Graham, you lose Brooks, you lose Mylata. Do you still think we have an advantage in the trenches? And do you think that even if we do, do you think it'll be enough to kind of push us over the top to compete and win this game?
2: Uh, yeah, um, Mark, it's a good question. I mean, listen, the Eagles pour a lot of resources into both sides of their lines, so I think they have the depth. I think you know what's kind of scary is last year the Eagles started 14 different offensive line combinations due to injury and now here we are in week three and you're already starting two new players you know Dickerson's a rookie stepping in at right guard I think he'll be okay Um, and on the defensive side losing Graham is is huge Brandon Graham is the heart and soul of the team as it's been said all week long and you know his leadership vacuum is going to be someone's going to have to step in and Uh, you know, but they, like I said, they have invested resources. They have Ryan Kerrigan, who has kind of looked very ordinary in the first two weeks. Now he, you know, we talked to him during the week and he said he had the thumb surgery and I asked him about how that's impacting him. And he said, it's tough. You know, when you're a defensive lineman, you use your hands a lot and it's hard for him to do it because the cast is so rigid. It's hard for him to grab hold of anything. I guess in a couple of weeks, he's hoping that that will be replaced by a softer, more flexible cast. But, you know, you need him now. You know, you need him now to step up and you need guys like Milton Williams, a rookie who they played outside a little bit early on in camp and then kind of settled him in at defensive tackle. I expect he'll get some outside reps. I don't think Teron Jackson, another rookie, is quite ready yet. Uh, to, to get more than maybe, you know, five to ten snaps. But who knows? Maybe there'll be a role for him. Or maybe, you know, uh, Jonathan Gannon will play more of a 3-4 defense and bring in more of a linebacker with Jannard Avery. So I think they have options to kind of play uh, without Brandon Graham. But it's going to be interesting to see how they fill that leadership void on the field and all that trash talk. You know, Brandon Graham was like the king of the trash talk yeah. when, when he played and, you know <laughs> – there's no other players that can trash talk like Brandon Graham.
1: You're pretty bullish on on the birds today. I saw in your preview that you have them winning in your prediction and whatnot. What uh, what makes you feel so good?
2: Well, I, I you know I I kind of made that prediction before Thursday when Malata, <laughs> Malata got hurt. He got hurt Thursday late in practice, and then I'm thinking, well, you know, I, I'm concerned about that. I really am. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I think the Eagles can score points on this defense. I know the Cowboys defense is probably better than what it, what it was last year, but I still think they'll find ways to score points. I think, you know, Sirianni learned some hard lessons last week as a play caller, first time play caller. You know, the tight ends weren't really involved. And I know they want to go more three wide receiver sets, but still there was only four targets to Ertz and Goddard combined. Goddard wasn't targeted till the fourth quarter. I mean, he's one of your best players. I mean, let's go. Let's get him going early. Um, and, and I think they will. Uh, and I think that, that, you know, the Eagles can do some damage with the deep ball, especially on the other side, away from Trayvon Diggs. Uh, so I think they'll exploit that. And I think they can score points. Now, Can their defense, which has been very good, only two touchdowns allowed in two games, uh, can they keep this high-powered Dallas offense from scoring more points? Uh, So I think the Eagles will score points. I think they will find a way to to kind of limit the Cowboys, but not by much. I think I predicted a one point game, 28, Good. 27 Eagles. So I think, I think it's going to be that kind of game. I think we're going to go into the twenties, maybe the thirties. Um, but I think the Eagles can find a way to score points in their defense, can find a way to just get that one extra stop that they're going to need.
0: I think, I think after last week's game, there was, you know, obviously and fairly so there was some criticism of Sirianni and, and there was a lot of criticism of Jalen hurts. And I, I've kind of tried to, You know, I didn't get too high after week one. I'm not going to get too low after week two. Uh, But do you think that if if they do kind of struggle offensively against this Dallas defense, which it does seem vulnerable in a lot of spots, will it kind of be time to not press the panic button but to kind of start being concerned about Sirianni's play calling or kind of start being concerned about Jalen Hurts?
2: I don't think so. Uh, you know, listen, and Jeffrey Lurie knew what he was hiring in Nick Sirianni. I mean, we even saw with Andy Reid, I mean, you know, early going, I mean, it takes time to figure out how to call plays in the NFL. And there's going to be ups and downs. And you can't expect it to be, you know, you can't expect to be shot out of a cannon and get it right away. That's just not, that's just not fair, really, to Sirianni. And as far as Hertz goes, I mean, I, again, I just, you know, you have to let it kind of breathe over time here. You can't get too panicky or too low. I mean, this is a tough schedule they're playing early on. I've said from, you know, the off season that I think the Eagles need to be playing better in November and December than they do in September and October when they're still trying to find their identity. And even Lane Johnson said in their Super Bowl season of 2017, they had no idea what they were until I think it was week four or five when they went out to L.A. and played the Chargers uh, with Philip Rivers, and they won that game I think it was 26-24, and he said, we kind of knew then that, you know, we have something special. Um, so it takes some time, you know. After three weeks, it's no time to panic. You know, even if they're sitting at one and five, I mean, they have the Chiefs coming in on a short week. They've lost two in a row. That's kind of ominous to me. And then they have to go to Carolina, who's undefeated, and then they have Tampa Bay, the defending Super Bowl champs, coming in. So you know, it's a tough road, but you know, I think Listen, we saw good things against the Niners last week uh, in addition to some questionable play calling and play design. But, again, you just have to give it time. You have to give Sirianni time to grow with this team and Hurts to grow with Sirianni. Um, you, you can't make snap decisions based on just a handful of games.
0: And sticking sticking with Hurts Hertz real quick, I, I saw your article where you said that uh, I, th- I believe he's on pace to rush for 1,000 yards. Uh, Mm. or at least it looks like that could happen. Do you think they kind of ratchet down the running throughout the year? Do you think he starts running more or do you think it's, we're at, we're kind of seeing where that baseline is going to be for the rest of the year?
2: Well, he's on pace for like 1100 yards, which is crazy. I mean, the Eagles never had a thousand yard rushing quarterback. Uh, Randall Cunningham came the closest back in 1990 when he was, I think 960 yards, something like that. But, uh, Yeah, I think, no, I think he'll continue to run. I mean, where he's done his most damage is when the play breaks down in the pocket and he's able to scramble and get big chunks, especially, you know, if defenses are going to kind of play deep and you're sending everybody deep, that kind of opens up, you know, a nice 10 to 15-yard path where you can gain those yards and step out of bounds, get a first down and keep going. So I think we're going to continue to see it. And I would would say that we're going to even see more RPO stuff, run, pass, option, something we didn't see a lot against the 49ers. We saw it a little bit against the Falcons, but I think we're going to see more of that too, where he kind of, uh, you know, fakes the handoff and sweeps the edge. Now other teams can combat that by, by putting a spy on him. I'm surprised teams, you know, maybe Dallas will do that tonight. They'll put a spy on Hertz and make sure, you know, he doesn't do that kind of damage with his legs, but you have to have the personnel to play it. And I think Micah Parsons could be that spy, but it seems like they practiced him all week at defensive end. So I don't know what the Cowboys plan is for him, but as far as Hertz gaining yards with his legs, yeah, I, I think he's going to get a thousand yards, and and what I like about him is he doesn't seem to know he knows how to take a hit. Like when Carson Wentz ran the ball, we always, you know, everybody like you know winced and cringed, like oh my God, he's going to get hurt because uh, he never slid. He always, you know, he was tough. You got to give Wentz credit; he was tough. He fought for every last single inch of that that playing field. Hertz knows how to take a hit. He's kind of built like a running back, you know, 6'1", 220 uh 25 pounds very compact uh he knows when to get out of bounds and he, and he just seems to know how to take a hit I mean this is the guy that ran for over 1200 yards at Oklahoma uh his, his year there so I mean he, he does know how to run the ball and the Eagles are going to take advantage of that so I I'm I predict that he will get over a thousand yards this year
1: you think if uh if Nick Sirian and the birds slip up in the next couple of weeks you think the shirts go he puts the shirts back in the uh in the drawer maybe the bits don't uh don't come out as much
2: <laughs> you're not you're not enjoying the short sh- I'm enjoyed, well he
1: actually wore he wore one of my <laughs> shirts he wore the jalen hurts uh face shirt that one time oh that was
2: one of your shirts that
1: was the shirt i designed yeah oh, but sweet
2: okay i'm I just saying
1: that. though maybe uh, maybe i'll send you one um i'm just saying <laughs> though the bitch kind of weigh thin when uh when you give me yeah. you know what you gave me on week one and then you come around with a complete 180 game plan and and, and come out only scoring 11 points a week two.
2: Yeah, I, you know, it, it's interesting because it is kind of a rah rah, like high school coach mentality. Um, but listen, I mean, you know, I don't know if it'll grow old or not. I mean, we're Brandon Gray. We're a Brandon Graham t shirt on yeah. a Saturday. A
1: 55 decal on the hat. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I mean, you know, listen, this guy's all in, man. And, you know, if you're a player, I, I would probably want to play for a guy like that as long as he's doing his work, which he is. He's, you know, he's in the film, he's in every meeting, it seems. Uh, you know so if I'm a player I, I think I'd want to play for that type of guy as long as he's not letting that just rule the day and he's actually doing his work um, I don't see any harm in it but you know it's weird when you hear him say oh I still have my John Carroll beat John Carroll shirts when I was at Mountain <laughs> Union and uh, you know stuff like that, but uh you know we'll, we'll see. Uh I, I like it, and I like the shirt. I like the Hurts. Uh, that, that was a cool, cool shirt that Hurt he had on with with Jalen Hurts. I like that shirt.
1: Appreciate that. Yeah, if they win tonight, he's gonna come with the Calvin and the Hobbs uh, peeing on the uh, on the on the Dallas Star on his car on Monday or Tuesday, I guess Wednesday. You,
2: you, you got one of those designs whipped up for a T-shirt? Is that, is that what you're saying? I you, might. I might, I might have.
1: Yeah. I might have a Ted Lasso Nick Sirianni shirt in the works right now. It's getting released today yeah. a little bit of a preview there um hey listen before we get you out of here did you get to go down to the ford center the uh little five billion dollar mile down there uh in dallas i know it's a business trip for you man but like yeah did, did you see the drone shot for uh the nfl films did for hard knocks when they went through the whole uh center
2: down there like no i haven't even left my hotel to be i mean i did for dinner last night but i mean i you know i just i kind of i'm out by the airport you know uh, to me it's kind of a trip i don't stay in downtown i try to stay out by the airport it's easy shuttle in and out to the airport so you know i don't get around too much now when we go to vegas when the when the eagles go to vegas i mean wife well, are gonna go we're going out ahead of time or we're gonna oh, stay yeah. a little before and after uh she always tries to take one of these business trips with me and we, yeah. we tack on a, a day here at the end and at the at the beginning so anyway i know i have not seen it uh i'll probably go into dallas this morning uh for some breakfast with a few few people and uh you know maybe i'll take a look around i saw six flags over texas though i did see the the amusement okay. park yesterday it was next to the restaurant i ate at so you know, that was kind of cool i guess if you like yeah. amusement parks
1: there's one there's one business uh one restaurant that offers two dollar martinis for lunches I mean, i'm just saying limit of three but i'm just saying
2: <laughs> i'll be asleep by halftime if i get yeah, I mean, you kidding i can't i, can't I write better when
1: i'm a little liquid courage in me but yeah. okay. uh okay well, have fun tonight. I hope uh, I hope you see a good game. I hope your prediction comes true. Uh, I hope they actually beat the hell out of Dallas. But uh, yeah. looking forward to it. You know, Maybe I'll get some juices going. I'm more excited for the press conference for the Sixers in 18 minutes than I am for the game. But we'll see. 7.30 see? rolls around.
2: There you we'll go. I didn't even know the Sixers were having a presser, but I guess that's because of the Ben Simmons stuff or whatever. I, yeah, I mean, today's media know, day. Yeah, the preseason for hockey started. The NHL started last night. So there's a lot of things here that – have kind of maybe sapped some of the steam that Dallas Eagles usually provides. But listen, still big game, rival game, division game. So good barometer game. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think so. In the early going, sure. I mean, these teams yeah. don't play again until January ninth. I mean, that's how long this season is. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that's week eighteen, I guess, the last game of the year. So I mean that, you know, when you think about it, you know, here we're still in September and they're not going to play again until the middle of January. That, you know, yeah. that just tells you how long this season is. It's nuts. Yeah.
1: Well, thanks for your time, Ed, and, yep. uh, and good luck tonight.
2: All right. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it.
1: We got to talk about the big news from the weekend. Just Philly's, when you-
0: taking two, Philly's taking two out of three. <laughs> <from the podcast. laughs>
1: Just when you think it can't get any worse, it can't get any uglier. Though I'm happy because it is getting uglier. Ben Simmons goes... And tells the guys, don't you dare come to L.A. And if I'm the guys, I'm like, hey, first of all, free trip to L.A. because that private jet was probably paid for by the Sixers. So first off, Ben, fuck you. Second off, I kind of relate to Ben because who wants to see your co-workers out, you know, in the off season? I've left bars because I've seen co-workers that I didn't want to have a conversation with. I've, call- I've made so many calls in the deli at a grocery store because I've seen people that I know that I don't want to do the small talk from how's the family, how's everything, blah, blah, blah. What are you up to? I just don't want to do it. But I held, I have held off on calling Ben soft. I think soft is like the word that is probably thrown around a lot more today than it is, than it, than it has been in the past, especially with, with athletes, because like when you go behind the scenes, like Carson Wentz was like labeled soft. Like Carson Wentz came from like catastrophic injury after catastrophic injury. Sucks at football. But the last thing I would call him is soft. I mean, Joel Embiid just last year was being called soft when he booed the uh, when he booed the Sixers fans. Like you, we don't understand what goes on, what 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 takes these athletes like behind the scenes to like keep them staying at an elite level, but refusing to shoot because you're worried about your image being scared to play not letting your teammates come out and at least talk to you being scared to play in front of Philly fans now tell Rich Pauls telling Jay Williams they're doing everything in their control to get out of here i'm i'm finally okay i'm surrounding yourself with yes men your family with yes men like that's the ultimate one i think that's that's the most that, that has crushed Ben Simmons' career, and then requesting a trade with, with with four years left on your deal, I'm I'm okay calling Ben Simmons soft now.
0: Yeah, sure. I'm, yeah, he could be soft. I don't know. What does that even like? <laughs> I'm such a Debbie Downer for like no, the ben okay. Simmons' conversation, but it's just like, what does him being soft mean? It's just like, yeah, sure, he's soft. I don't know. He's being not soft, soft is just
1: being mentally weak. Like, yeah, unless you got hard. like, you know, unless you got like some mental health issues and whatnot, it's being mentally weak and not being able. I mean, he he, he doesn't shoot because of his image. And like, then you look at Giannis and I was like, I don't care if I miss like 20 in a row. Like that was that viral clip that was going around where people were like well, this is what Ben Simmons got to be like. And then you have a, uh not John Wall. Gilbert Arenas talking about how they have to use Ben Simmons in more of a Giannis like role and 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 call plays for for Ben in like a one for situation. Where has Gilbert Arenas been? Like I look at these look at some of these photos that I like I pulled up like of LeBron just totally not covering Ben Simmons. Hold on. Like look at this. That's a Portland Trail Blazers game. Ben's at the 3. Nobody is above the free throw line. Then there's this LeBron play of him in the key. I have to go back. Once again, if you want to be a producer on this show, we would love to have you. Like, look at this play. Rebound. Le- LeBron is right here. Le- ben Simmons doesn't even realize. I know there's like 23 seconds left in the shot clock, but then he activates the play. And we get a we get a fadeaway jumper from Rebound. falling out of bounce from Ben, ben Simmons. And LeBron didn't even leave the key the whole time.
2: been surveying out
1: front. Like that's three seconds in the paint. <laughs> that is defensive three seconds. Okay, you're right there. But like, wh- wh- what kind of Giannis role was this guy going to play? Like, that's where I feel like Ben has just broken people's brains in terms of like we wanted him out of Philly. You guys are bad fans and whatnot. To you should have used him this way. Doc ruined him. Doc's had one season of him. There's there there is no answer other than. Ben Simmons never wanted to offensively change his game over 5 years. And that's where it stops and that's where it starts.
0: The shame of it is though, that could have still worked. Which part? He could have been the same player he he, he is if we just built around him better. If thing it's just like there's so many butterfly effect moments on this Sixers like timeline that have led us to a point where we cannot handle another year with Ben Simmons. And it's, you know, it's, it, there's so many, it, it's, there's trading McCall Bridges that would have given another three point shooter to help out the team with shooting. It's signing Al Horford to a max slot, which then turns into Danny green, which uh, it never made sense to me to bring in a, uh, bring in a center where the point guard is power forward to Harris is power forward and Joel Embiid is center. Uh, I, that's insane to me. And then you, you're, you obviously the whole Jimmy Butler, you choose Ben over Jimmy, Whatever you want to say about that, you that probably should maybe we should have had an organization and a coach that could have handled the situation and not like led it to a situation where it was him or me after a half of a season where Jimmy Butler's clearly best friends with our best players. So it, there are so many, and then even once that happens, make a better trade than getting Josh Richardson, and then Josh Richardson turns into Seth Curry. So the best you, you basically got Danny Green and Seth Curry for two max slots. When the whole excitement was Ben Simmons. Joel Embiid, two max slots. That was the whole plan of the process. And it ended up being Seth Curry and Danny Green. So uh, it's just, there are so many ways that this could, I mean, even if you want to go back to the Fultz trade, which I'm not going to go back to as much because it was the obvious trade at the time and everyone loved it. We did a retweet Armageddon. I mean, it, it's embarrassing to look back at now, but I, was, I, I wasn't I was even like the biggest Fultz guy, I actually like Lonzo more, but... Like I was still really excited and I understood why. And, I, you know, you had to do that move and whatever, like whatever. So there are so many decisions that have led us here. Even if you want to go really meta, the decision to have our backup this year be Dwight Howard and not be someone who could shoot a little bit and play with Ben Simmons, get Luke Cornett, get Kelly Olynyk. get someone – who can stretch the floor a little bit and not completely kill our offense? And I get that that's on Ben, but when when you make the decision to have Ben as your franchise player, you're making the decision to have a unique player, and you have to surround him uh, with players that you know benefit him, like Milwaukee did with Giannis. And I'm not saying use Ben like Giannis, but you have to surround him with the players that are kind of puzzle pieces to his game. And uh, you know that it's just depressing. It is so depressing like to talk about the sexes and to look back at the last like hundred moves they've made acquisitions and see just how many have been horrible horrible like it's it's
1: do you think ben takes that next step though that like like who else would they who else would they have assigned for the max slot like i'm like generally asking you like i told you my my brain doesn't go past like two weeks
0: malcolm brogdon okay I think if this team would have had Malcolm Brogdon, Ben Simmons, and Joel Embiid this year instead of Danny Green or Al Horford, we would have been talking about a team that went to the NBA Finals.
1: We did laugh at the number. I at least laughed at the number that Malcolm Brogdon paid. I I thought it was too too little. I wanted to max him. He, He just felt
0: like a fake rookie of the year to me. That was see, like that was so many years before that. Like I had gotten over the whole I, yeah. hate, I it's funny because if you search my Twitter with Brogdon, I probably have some horrible tweets from his rookie year saying it's bullshit that he got the rookie of the year and he's never gonna be anything. Uh but I think like the couple years after that where he was like 50, 40 90 50, 40, 90 like efficiency, like scoring, three point shooting. I, I was like, All right, I'm willing to admit I was I might have been a little bit wrong uh on Brogdon so by that time I was like desperate for Brogdon I've always been desperate for it the funny thing is I've always been desperate for Brogdon McCollum or McCollum or Levine with Ben and Joel that's always been like for the last five six years it's always been my dream or Lonzo too that's always been another one I wanted in there but there were a lot of options other than I mean Bohan Bogdanovich is another guy like he that's like a 40 percent three-point shooter who averages 20 a game and D's up on LeBron like that guy's like one of the best LeBron defenders in the league
1: but these aren't like Max guys, and it's like it, it's hard <laughs> to sell the fan base. I know, I know, like we're looking at it like revisionist history. But you're, but but at the time, like you know, and looking back on it, yeah, we were idiots. We were idiots, but we had just we had just lost to Boston again. No, correct? we lost to Toronto. This was that was Toronto series. Okay, so we just just lost another series, and we're thinking like, okay, we have the Embiid stopper. Now we have him on our team. We have. Tobias I Harris locked up. Yeah. I mean, you're one of the only ones I know that wasn't I, happy. See, about I, completely,
0: I disagree here. I think you were one of the only ones that was excited. I thought that every, like I, when I, when that happened, I remembered like, maybe I'm just on process Twitter. Like maybe, maybe that's just, I, I'm kind of on like a nerd. Uh, I'm, I'm on the nerdy side here. So I just remember everyone thinking it was a complete disaster. Like uh, I, I, I did not think that that was a popular move. So the whole like selling the the fan base on it. The Sixers just signed Shaq Harrison, by the way. News news breaking on the podcast. But <laughs> um, was it him or Aaron Harrison who made the big shot? No, it might be different. I don't know. Whatever. Then um, who? Yeah, seriously. But um, does he have to I, go to media day? You think? Shaq Harrison.
1: Yeah, does he have to like I got a ton of me. questions ready for Shaq, man. <laughs>
0: So, are you named after Shaq or yeah? All right, next. All right, next. Go. What
1: were your first thoughts of Philly? Like, <laughs> did you get cheesesteak yet? It's like, well, I just flew in, yeah, yeah. Um, no, maybe like maybe you're exactly right. Like, I'm I don't think I'm on analytical basketball Twitter, I think I'm on like entertainment, this league, NBA Twitter. Like, that's what I that's what I kind of like gravitate towards and whatnot. Like, I can't break down game. Stuff I can't. That's why I have you on the podcast. You're you're the you're the basketball guy. You're the analytical mind. Like I just I love like shit like the plane tweets. That's me. (laughs) Um, Great, but I I mean I just I I was I was excited. I was so fucking excited for that year. I was like, wow, these guys finally put something together. They just it, it just it felt like it all worked. You had you know your quote unquote your your three with Josh Richardson. You know he could do everything. You have your your star point guard. You have your star uh, player in Embiid. You have Al Horford, who was like somehow the missing link when I look back on it because he was the Embiid stopper. And now we have that guy on our team. He's he's this veteran presence that he's going to lead. You know, this team is going to overachieve because of him and whatnot. And then, yeah, you're right. They sucked it. They sucked everywhere except for home. Uh, The bubble, you know, came into it too. But it also, I don't know. I remember would they lose in six to Boston was it oh, even no, six it was, was it four, four? They got I didn't even watch game four
0: yeah
1: I didn't waste my time on that on this team like I that, that is the most hateable team I think in, in Philly sports history going toe to toe with the dream team um yeah I mean I, I just remember it and I was very excited for the year like I was very I was more excited for that year than I was this year um this this last year. Wow! Yeah, I was really excited for this year,
0: but I, uh, yeah, I like Josh. I was wrong on Josh Richardson. I, I thought I think a lot of people were wrong on Josh Richardson. Richardson. He, he was great. Yeah. He was
1: great on Miami. Well, not yeah, great, but I, he was a good piece.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I thought he was going to be the same exact player, and he and he just wasn't. And I I
1: just I was never in on the Al thing. I, I was in on the Josh but, thing. But. So sorry to unless you have a point. But going back to like Ben, like I, I don't know if if what we've seen from him. If he would have ever taken the next step, I really don't. I, I I don't think, and and I think he's a great he's a great third option. Like we talked about this with uh with with the Kyrie trade, like he would be great with you know obviously Kevin Durant and James Harden to be great over the Warriors with with Steph and Clay, but he doesn't get paid are, like a third option. Well, that doesn't matter. to so me. So he can't what be about, a third option.
0: What about Joel Embiid and Jimmy Butler? <laughs> what about him? Worked pretty well. He was I thought, the third option there, or fourth option there, with with Tobias and Joel and Jimmy. That's the shame of it. My my point you're not, is
1: that's a great point, Mark.
0: My point is it could have worked if Greg Monroe and Boban Marjanovic aren't <laughs> our backups in that series, we win the series, and that's the NBA champion that we lost to. So who knows what happens if that – it's just there's so many sliding doors moments. There's so many dominoes falling. There's so many butterfly effect moments. Like it is just so depressing to think about this era of Sixers basketball and what it's turned into because it couldn't – it shouldn't have been this way. Even if Ben Simmons was going to not develop his game, even if that's what we're saying, even if he's the same player he was when we got the one seed this year. And I know that that seems seems like eons ago. That we were. I remember one of the first times I came on here. You were yelling at me because I didn't think Ben was the defensive player of the year. Yeah, that was that was one of our first conversations. So that feels like so long ago that we were defending Ben and that he was a big part of the one seed in the East because the playoffs happened and the playoffs have, have happened for him uh, multiple times. I know, but the pl- when he was pretty good in the playoffs with Jimmy Butler and Tobias Harris no. and Joel Embiid, and we we were a shot away. That 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 was our chance. And it seems more and more like we missed it looking back at that year.
1: You're ready to put the death now on
0: the process. The process has been dead, but I, 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 um, no, the championship window is open for as long as the amount of time that you have Joel Embiid on your roster. Uh, as long as we're not completely screwed elsewhere, like we'll see what happens with the Ben trade eventually. You know, I don't think it's dead. And I've also said before, like, I'm also not as bullish on the fact that Joel Embiid has three years left. Like, he could have six, so who knows? Like, I, I don't know. I, he could I think have two. He could, you're right. Yeah, I'm, not saying, I'm not saying he doesn't. I, I just, I guess I'm a little more optimistic on his longevity than it seems like others are. But I, I think what he's turned himself into last year especially, I don't see any reason why he can't be even better. Like, why he can't be, like,
1: I, I don't know. Yeah, his, his meniscus, did that just go away? Because they said he rehabbed and he's feeling great. Like I, I, I thought know. he going to get surgery, but he just, he decided to elect again surgery. I guess he was told, I mean, I'm, I don't think the, uh, the Sixers doctors have the uh, most extensive, um, positive uh, thought process when it comes to the fan base. But, uh, but yeah, supposedly he just rehabbed and he's good to go for the season. So uh, hold your breath there.
0: Kind of wish he got surgery.
1: Yeah, me too. Um, <laughs> One more thing on the plane thing, do you think anyone texted Shake Milton? Like, where does where does the list end? Like, Danny Green and Seth Curry, they probably are on the plane. But like, does Furkan get the text? Does Shake get the text? I mean, I'm sure Charles Bassey doesn't get the text, or Jaden Springer doesn't get the text. Like, who who's getting this text on the on the, on the plane flight? I have an inside source. Matisse
0: Thiebel is the one setting all this up, by the way, or t- attempting to. No That's my way. It's not a big bomb or anything, but Matisse Stiebel is the one. I guess him and Ben are like – they still do talk, I think, based Mat- on a little nugget that I
1: heard. That's kind of – I actually really enjoyed seeing in the article Joel Embiid, Tobias Harris, Matisse Stiebel, the, the core leaders, I think is what Shams called him. It was actually really cool to see kind of Matisse this season – and this offseason kind of take that next step to being a leader that like I actually believe in. Like I, I do think he still, you know, needs to get an offensive game and whatnot. But if we're able to keep him on a bend trade, which it seems like more and more every day, like we are, I can at least it can at least soften the blow. Uh Matisse can at least soften the blow, I think, from a defensive standpoint. And hopefully his offensive game does kind of uh magnify a little bit.
0: Yeah, he looked great in the Olympics, too. Not that I'm, like, you know, crunching Australian tape, but I did see some Sixers writers saying that maybe the Australian team gave us kind of a, a an idea of how to use Matisse as a cutter in the offense. Hopefully that's something they can use. Obviously he's never going to be, you know, a, a tremendous offensive player, but – I really think without Ben Simmons on the team, and I, like I'm not some Ben Simmons hater, but if you take Ben Simmons on the team, it makes a lot of things fit-wise a lot easier for Matisse Thybul. And I think Matisse Thybul can really play 32 to 34 minutes without providing much offensively, without also killing you. Because I, I don't think that we'll have someone like Ben Simmons who makes it hard to play Matisse together with, especially if you're going to have to back up big in the game. Uh, so uh, there's going to be a lot of ways that I think the Ben trade will help Matisse. And it's also, I, I've said time and time again, if Matisse Thybul becomes like a 37% three-point shooter on like average attempts. He's like a top 50 player in basketball due to how much havoc he causes on defense. Now, can he do that? Can he get to that level of three-point shooter? I don't know. I like the jumper. I always have liked his jumper. I like, I feel like if he just shot it more and kind of just was more willing, I I think it, I think it would get there. Uh, So we'll see. I've never been one that has, has doubted his ability to improve because we've seen it so far.
1: Can we uh, can we end the Doc Rivers media tour?
0: (laughs) I listened to my podcast. I I listened to this podcast last time and I cursed way too much. And a big (laughs) part of that was talking about Doc Rivers. So I might abstain from this conversation. Doc Rivers gets my blood (laughs) boiling.
1: I got to share one clip. This is when he was on MSNBC. And he kind of related Ben to Trump supporters who think that Trump still uh, still won the election but the funniest bit of this is the fact uh, the host hold on Buster Heine? Oh, no that's the guy <laughs> who's, uh, well done John Meacham's was was
2: wonderful and I'm sure yours will be too especially with you at the, at the helm. I'm gonna ask you before you go though you know I'm a hoops guy
1: you know I'm a hoops guy you know I'm a big old hoops guy. Like, is 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 anyone who calls themselves a hoops guy more not a hoops guy? Like the the guy that just like the guy that just like overhears a conversation. People are like, hey guys, you talking seam when they're like talking like baseball or something. Like you You guys talk a pigskin what you think of the what'd you think of the games this week? Like, you know I'm a big hoops guy. What's up with Ben Simmons? It's like, that's like
0: a that's like a big uh like a <laughs> than the WWE reference, but it's like when a, when a mom or an uncle or an aunt's like, Oh, you're watching the WrestleMania stuff. You you're watching, you're watching the WrestleMania.
1: When they know like only one pop culture reference from what, from what you're, uh, from what you're watching is like, Hey, how's that round ball over there? You know, I'm a big round ball guy. Uh, that Ben Simmons situation, like, Oh my God. Oh, one more thing. Uh, sweaty Ben Simmons. Have you seen this? What? This is an insane amount of sweat. Watch the evolution of this guy's sweat. Jumper look clean there. Like I believe in it. Watch watch the sweatpants. What is going on there? Wow. That wow. is an insane amount of sweat for an individual. Did he spill water? I, I He... Like, did he piss himself? He looks like he's going to the free throw line. Those pants. Oh, that's good. Thank you. Uh, that is like, uh, is Ben Simmons does Ben Simmons wear underwear? Like, that's an insane amount of lower body sweat. Like, he's just letting his dick free ball. Like, while he's like doing runs in the
0: gym. By the way, it's a good thing that right on the side there, you can follow Chris Johnson Hoops if you want to see more of these. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> More of these Ben Simmons videos.
1: <laughs> I'm zooming in. That is insane. <laughs> you don't follow. Nah, it's just that, that's just funny how that's really I funny. Mean, look at that. From the beginning of the video, like, okay, he's sweating a little bit. And then you get there. It's like, holy shit. That's It's, obscene. A, it's the Jameis Winston like pool workouts where he's like he's like next to a pool and he looks like he's like sweating like buckets. And it's like, well, Jameis just just jumped in the pool, got out and just decided to do a drill. So it makes it look like that. He's uh, that he's just working really hard. I, I don't know, man. That's an insane amount of sweat. His gooch has to like smell like the Dead Sea.
0: You want to hear like a, a random. Or this is not it's kind of related, but not related. I feel like a big part of why people uh, hate Ben Simmons so much is because he he's an absolute Adonis. I mean, let's be let's be honest about it. This man, this man is a this man's like a this man's a model, Ben Simmons. Oh, in a past life? Yeah. I mean this if this man didn't have a if this man didn't run very fast, he'd be on like general hospital. He'd Good-looking be looking guy. Do, who's the who's the e oh god damn it? He looks like Tony oh my god i clooney. lost it huh clooney no, no 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 no, he's like light-skinned um he was on like a hospital Drake. show no not not audrey graham i don't know i'll figure it out later he used to do like nba sideline stuff for like all-star weekend and stuff he's got a, a beard. Shot. i don't know i might i'm gonna figure it out and tweet it out whoever it is wouldn't have had a career if ben simmons couldn't hoop if ben simmons was
1: 6-1 very bad beard or what do you call what do you call the bottom here? Is there a name for the bottom of, of with just your hair, like little bed chin pillow?
0: As yeah, I can I could appreciate it though. I, I've went through I've went through some bad facial hairstyles
1: in my life, but better looking with facial hair than without facial hair. Ben Simmons, if you go back True. to the Ben Simmons like rookie year pictures, like wow, that is also, a young kid.
0: Also going back to the Al Horford conversation, that was a very handsome team. A very you said very hateable. Mm. I think that was part of it. You had Brett Brown. A, sly fox
1: very handsome al, al, al horford Bayou yes Dico. you're right very handsome man huh very handsome man al horford
0: oh very handsome man al horford
1: uh landry Shammit for a little bit i don't
0: know he looks like spike eskin <laughs> okay i thought he was <laughs> kind of handsome
1: uh tobias harris very Hands- handsome yeah handsome guy uh joel Embiid. i don't think joel Embiid is handsome
0: he's unique he's got his unique he's got a unique That's- look
1: like that's when you see a, a newborn You're like that newborn that's a very unique looking newborn that's like that that newborn's ugly as fuck
0: was jay no JJ wasn't on that team uh but
1: a good Matisse a great looking Batiste, guy. good looking guy josh richardson i, I he kind of looks like a ninja turtle
0: i have a reference of what i think he looks like but i'm i don't want to get canceled
1: <laughs> hold on we gotta let's see sixers roster Raul Raul Nito, handsome man, can't eh. shoot for shit. Handsome eh. guy. I'm gonna say, eh. Shake. I don't know.
0: Yeah, he's just. Zaire a Smith.
1: Dude. I think you get him on a good day. I think he's got his date. He's got <laughs> Zaire Smith. Some days he's good. Other days when he gets a whiff of peanut butter and his face blows up, not as handsome as he usually was. Furcon. How we not mentioned Furcon. Furcon is handsome. Furcon. God damn it. James Ennis, not winning any beauty pageants anytime soon. Norvel Pell, <laughs> not winning any beauty pageants anytime soon. Uh Alec Burks, I couldn't point, I couldn't point Alec Burks out
0: mm. in a police
1: lineup. Like Alex I that,
0: like Raphael Devers.
1: That guy that guy took forever just to get over here. That was crazy. That was, <laughs> that, was that was nuts. Like where where it's were those guys? Trail. I uh, let's see. Trey Burke. Shake, uh, Kyle O'Quinn. Eh. Mm. Glenn Raw. Rock- oh, Mike Scott. I think he's very exotic. That I think it it pushes him over to handsome.
0: We filled a lot of boxes. We had like different boxes of uh of handsome men.
1: I'll tell you who's not. Mariel Shayak, the uh the G League <laughs> two-way player. My buddy has an autograph card of him. So if Mariel Shayak ever you know explodes, my buddy's sitting pretty. Yeah, not a not a a beautiful man. Um, anything else before we wrap this up? Hmm. No, not really. Okay. We went an hour <laughs> six and we still have to do Ed's interview. So this is going to be a long pod. hope you stuck with us. Uh, if you like this, please rate review, subscribe, follow Mark on Twitter, Mark Henry jr. Underscore. I don't really promote my Twitter. Follow me on Twitter. Kyle's fine. K y l e s p h i n d. I got to get that changed. I hate that fucking handle. Um, yeah, that's the uh, that's the podcast. Subscribe on YouTube. Uh, listen to everywhere you can find it on on Apple, Spotify, and whatever podcast you get. And we will talk to you on Wednesday.